Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real-life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm very excited today. We've got Olga Gaidet. Oh my goodness. You've got to say your surname for us. <laughs> it's all right. People get struggled with here. It's Gaidana. Gaidana. They're perfect. Um, and she's a life-changing speaker. She's an experienced life coach, a driven business mentor. We all need a little bit of that. Um, and helps people transform their lives by overcoming their challenges and limiting beliefs, among other things. You're amazing. Thanks for joining us on the show. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. No problem. Um, so give our listeners just a little bit of context just about the business that you run. What are you passionate about at the moment in, in your life and your work? Currently, I'm truly passionate about empowering people. When I go to large corporate organizations and I help them to overcome their personal issues, which they're holding on to them and they live with them and they can't carry on working on a daily basis, therefore they feel stressed, depressed. Empowering women, of course, because so many of us, we still think we can't do things because we're just woman, just mother, you know, one of those, just a wife and all the rest of it. And truly and honestly, just empowering people to achieve their dreams because it's so sad when some of them come into my office here and we talk about what they would love to do when they were younger, little, at school, at colleges, and now, many, many years later, they're so unhappy. That just really, really upsets me so much. And therefore, I really wish I could empower more to go after their dreams. I think I it's beautiful it. when you leave your dream life. Absolutely. I love it so much. And it, I, it does make me sad when, when women sort of my age, sort of mid, late 30s are saying, I'm too old to start now. Right. And I'm just like, yeah. what is it? I mean, men do that as well. But what is it about women specifically? And I'm a mother as well that, that kind of just makes us put on that like, uh, oh, I'm just a mother, therefore I must give to everyone else and put me last and then use the age excuse. Like, what is that about? Well, it's excuse. You mentioned the perfect word. It's excuse. It's something what we find really nice reason why not to. I'm either too young or too old or I have not enough children too many children, or I have not enough responsibilities, and therefore I don't feel driven enough, or I have too many things on my shoulders, and therefore I can't do too many things. So it's just really, really a simple excuse. Nothing to do with your age, nothing to do with your background, nothing to do with who you were before, because it's all about what do you want. And if you want to raise children, it's fantastic. I think this is the most beautiful job ever you can do, to be a full-time mother, full-time wife, beautiful. But if it's not what you want, go after more. Just think to yourself what exactly you want and do baby steps, how, by, when, and where. Just set some goals. Yeah, my um, my son just turned 15. He's turning 15 this week, which is crazy. And I have a 12-year-old. And I just remember when they were babies, when I had a toddler and a baby, that's when I did my master's degree at night. Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, I was thinking, when they are more independent, I want to be at a certain level. So I need to mm -hmm. invest in myself now. And just to 
cap what you're saying. Now it's paying off because I've got independent kids and I'm skilled up in running my own business. So just face your fears, right? Um, so we could obviously talk the whole time just about uh, you know how to do these things from a coaching perspective and how we help other people. But I'm really interested in your journey uh, and like what got you to to face your own fears and to de- develop develop this side of yourself. Um, so so give us just a little bit of context, I guess, about growing up in the first place. Like what was the conditioning around believing in your dreams and making things possible? What what, what was that like? That was none. Really, really. <laughs> that was none, absolutely. It was all about you grow up, you get education, you get a job, and then you get married, and of course you have children, two, three, and that's it really. Then you and retire and you die. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Lovely. And to me, it was just absolutely not. I was watching my mom raising us. We were four of us, and I was the eldest. And I thought, I'm so sorry, but that's not for me. I just don't feel I want that. I don't feel it's enough. I don't feel my mom is happy. I couldn't see her happy. I couldn't mm. see my granny happy. I couldn't see my neighbors being happy. And it was just not what I really wanted. And I don't know where from I had this drive. And I think I'm quite lucky that I had this willingness to learn and willingness to actually achieve something in my life. Because otherwise, I have no clue where I would be by now or what I would be if not my natural drive in my life. So you obviously pushed yourself to to achieve certain things and almost go against the grain of what was expected of you. Do you remember any defining moments where you had those choices to make and you almost had to either internally or externally maybe stand up to your past? Absolutely, absolutely. One of them was actually around about age of 13 when I was uh, creating my vision board and saying vision board, I'm more mean like 13. <laughs> yes. That's pretty good. Well, who taught I you know. that? <laughs> well, it was all one book which I read ages ago. It was, I think it was about 12 or around closer to 13. Yeah. I read a book and it was all about it's never too late to start living your life. And that book made me thinking, who am I? Because, you know, classmates who were bullying me a lot were telling me one thing. My grandma was telling me different thing. And then my mom, she was telling me completely opposite thing, different to my, cl- my classmate. Grandma. I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know who I am. And for me, it was just learning who am I and what do I want. And then I started creating my vision wall, which was full of mountains and helicopters and mansions and travel destinations. And I remember one day, mom walked into my bedroom and she was like, what's that? <laughs> oh, that's my dreams. And it's she my goes, future. It's not no, going to happen. Start having no, babies. <laughs> no, sorry, Olga. No, you're from poor family. You're from Tushki because that's an area where I grew up, like very, very tiny village. You're from Tushki. Who do you think you are? Come on. That's not real. So my dreams were like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> gone. <laughs> Completely gone. And I thought, hang on a second. No. No, 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 no. That's your story. And I don't believe in impossible. And she was just constantly impossible, impossible, impossible. So from early age, thankfully, well, now I think thankfully, from early age, I learned how to take these impossible things. Like, it's an opinion. It's my mom's opinion, somebody else's opinion. And that would really kept me going in my life that, you know what, I don't have to listen to you. I have my own opinion. And if it is wrong, well, that's my mistake. So that was hard. And also was very, very hard, actually, to, to get divorced when I was 24. Because people just get married. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting divorced. Like, hello, Olga, are you okay? <laughs> but to me, 
it was actually realizing, wait, I just followed what people were telling me is normal, get education, get married, have kids. And I thought, no, 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 no. I'm not happy. I'm not. I want more. I want to achieve. I want to travel. I want to help more people. I want to be out there. And it was just limiting me so much. And it was great marriage, but wasn't a happy one. Mm-hmm. Not because it was bad. No, because I wanted to achieve more. And together we couldn't. So for me, it was a really hard decision to make. What do I do now? How do I get divorced when I'm 24? People will think I'm mental, crazy, not thinking straight. But then I thought, hello, that's my life. That's my decision. And I'm allowed to do what I want. That's so hard. How long were you guys together? Or how long were you married? We were married for around about four years. Okay, a good stretch of time. Goodness. Okay, so you're, you're jumping right into, I guess, some of the challenges, especially around mindset and around what keeps us stuck. And it can sometimes be external things, um, but it's that self-awareness about, like, internally, is this the life, like, daring to believe that you can build the life that you want, even if it's not possible, as all the voices around you were sort of saying. Um, so let's jump in a bit further into this topic around adversity uh, and, and challenges or rock bottoms. That's, that's how I identify them in my life. So uh, let us know, like, did you, can you identify with those, that terminology? Would you say that you've had adversity or rock bottom crash points in your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I always struggle to identify which was harder. I now I'm always adapting myself between, is it when I came to UK with uh, zero English, just 100 pounds in my pocket, single mom, having two and a half year old child, or which was the most challenging emotionally, financially was when I found the picture of my ex-partner kissing a younger girl on a seaside. Mm. That was a time when I was pregnant and he was not working for a year and a half by then. So all money, all savings, which I had were drained. I was already in debt to my friends. I was already in debt to my credit cards. And that was just almost like end of the life. If I ever experienced like that moment when you die, I think it was that moment. Because when you feel that's it, this is the end and you don't know what to do next. Were you, were you in love? Like what was the, you, you said you're pregnant, you've been with this person for a little while. Was, was your belief system that you would be with this person forever or for like, yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. When you get with somebody, when you fall in love, of course you think this is that state that's going to last for the rest of our lives, you're going to be happy. And well, he can't find a job. Well, things happen. Never mind, I could find a job really quickly. But you know, things happen. Being understanding, thinking about him. Yeah. Because it's double. Yes, I understand it's winter time. Well, yes, who needs a view around Christmas time? Oh, yes, it's springtime now. Oh, well, it's summertime. And you kind of get along and you think, well one day he will and you trust you really want to trust and you really want to help the person and well yes I understand you don't speak English I do understand because when I came to UK I did not speak any English so all this understanding and all this being nice just brought me to the situation the one I was like hmm nice what do I do now now he's with somebody else kissing her on a seaside but hey hang on a second he's sleeping just in next room and it's a night time and I'm trying to pay bills and I yeah. can't. And what I see on lots of which he's using, which is mine, yeah. of her and him, that was, oh, that, that was emotionally really hard. That was 
financially impossible. Really, really hard, really. So talk us through, obviously, that immediate finding out was just like being punched in the gut and just going everything that you believe around trust and around people and the things that you're fighting for, like all of that just goes right down to the basement, right? Um, And and it would make you question everything. And you're also pregnant. Like how far along are you? How pregnant are you at this stage? That was quite, um, well, quite in the in the time <laughs> so i had to obviously deal with that but um yeah it wasn't just two weeks it was um you were you, you were yeah. in there um and so talk us through just the next few weeks because i know that who you are now and you're this amazing human being who's giving into the world in such a great way but i also know what rock bottom feels like do you know what i mean i know that yeah. it's it can be full-on despair and it can feel endless and hopeless and i'm just curious yeah. about that period of time and how dark it got for you? Oh, it was uh, it was very dark. It was extremely dark. I remember that night. I actually woke him up and I told him, "Look, it took fifteen minutes to move out." I said, "I don't want to see you for longer. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear any explanations. I want you out of my life." You're done. I felt sick, literally sick, because for me it was just too hard to absorb and to understand how people can do something like that towards others who really care, really want to help, really love them and do everything for them. And to me, the most, the strongest thought was I've got my own child. So whatever happens, I have to stay strong and I have to, you know, not to show how I feel for him because he was older by then. And I just didn't want him to question, mommy, what's wrong? And it was impossible because in the morning I had to act like normal. You know, prepare breakfast and let's pack lunch and see you later, darling, love you. And it's just impossible. I remember dropping him off to school and sitting in my car crying, just crying, 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 going back home, crying. And I thought, hang on a second. If I continue crying, where am I going to get? Nowhere. But let's think about it. Will I move anywhere? No. So to me, what do I do now? Because yes, I can think about it more. Yes, I can suffer more. Yes, I can feel the pain. Yes, I can talk again, again through the situation, look at the picture once more, look at my bank account once more. But that's not going to help me. That will not get me anywhere. And you know when you have this voice talking logically to you and you have this voice when actually telling you, yes, but it hurts. Yeah. And you want to feel pity for yourself. You want to just crawl into under blanket in the bed and just cry. Yeah. And I thought, no, just absolutely not. And I remember this phrase, which actually until now is keeping strong. I told myself, you know what, Olga, you will think about it later. It's hard now, yes, but right now you have to deal with a situation. How are you going to pay for bills? How are you going to make more money? What's going to happen with the baby and all the rest of things? And it's okay. You will think about it later. And, well, I never had this later because, as you know, there's no such a thing as later. No, no, no. <laughs> never in a diary. No. <laughs> I quickly learned that allowing myself to think about it later actually reduces the pain and it almost like switches that action buttons so you have to move you have to act you have to achieve and you have to overcome troubles but later you are allowed to think about it but later you can think feel the pain i like this one 
Yeah. Well, because people use that. Sometimes people use the later thing in the wrong way, right? They'll go later. I'll sort my shit out. Later, I'll get that job or get the promotion or pay the bills or whatever. But for now, today, I'm going to lie in a heap and feel self pity and be a victim. um, Which is the and and you're kind of using that same mechanism in reverse. So going later, I will fall apart. Later, I will fully sit in this pain. But for now, I've got to survive. Um, And there's some weird sort of magic when we have to for our children because I remember being in my rock bottom and having a a baby and a toddler and I used to resent the hell out of them I resented that I had kids because I thought if I didn't I could move to another country I could do I wouldn't have as many you know I could survive on less I wouldn't need to make as much money but now in hindsight uh, the reverse is true because I had them I fucking had to think about my future And, and go, is this the parent that I want my daughter, my son to, to, to look up to? Like, what sample or example am, am I showing to them? Um, and it sounds like for you, having a kid was sort of forced you into that state of mind as well. But I also know that when we have that kind of shock in relationship, it isn't ju- it's kind of like the grief process. It's not just one like, boom, ooh, now, I've, now I'll think about it later and I've sorted it all out. It's a bit more like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was that like for you? Just just moving in, I guess, for the next year or, or just pulling, building your life up together? Yes, that was uh, hard because um, many years ago, I trained to be a counselor in Latvia. So I knew what I should do. I knew the technique. I knew the process, what I should go through myself. So I had the theory, <laughs> but it's quite hard when you're Doing experiencing that yourself, right? You can't do the hard surgery on yourself, obviously. The same you can't do self counseling. And for me, I just thought, well, I want to continue helping people and I want to be able to empower people in the future. So, how can I use this to actually understand something for myself? And how can I use this to learn something from this particular situation? What will that give me in the future? And the most powering thing back then for me was ask myself, what did you learn? Yes, it's tough. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's emotional. Yes, it's hard. But what did you learn? Because if we just go through life without learning, that means we might repeat our mistakes again and again, right? Which is terrifying. Yeah, exactly. It's like getting speeding tickets again and again and again. You get them because guess what? You're still speeding. So if you learn, if you learn Mm -hmm. (laughs) to keep the speed up to the limit, you'll never get speeding ticket. The same was for me here. What's the lesson? What should I learn? And I just simply learned that I want to trust people. It doesn't mean all men are bastards and all men are, you know, idiots. No, I didn't want to keep that mindset. I learned that people are different and it was up to him to use me right I can't change that I can't affect that I can't change him but it was up to me not to let that happen mm-hmm. and so woman or man it happens in both situations they're going undergoing the emotional abuse they're undergoing domestic violence and all the rest can they change the person no but for them it's a choice whether to allow them to be in this situation or not. So that situation really taught me to question, is it what I want? Is it what I deserve? Is it something what for me is normal or I don't want that? Before I get into this situation next time. 
So a re- that's just a really powerful lesson around the trust thing, because that's often yeah. how it repeats, right? It's yeah. going, if I've been hurt in this way before and I didn't see it coming, uh, I'm going to be paranoid. I'm going to be needy. I'm going to be all this sort of stuff showing up in relationships. Yeah. And it can just be sort of a, a toxic uh, cycle. Yeah. And it sounds like you were asking yourself the right questions. I also know that when we're in a shame hole, you know, when we're just like, oh, I can't believe I feel this way. It's never going to end. It's really hard to ask for help. And so I'm curious if you had backup, like, were you able when you were in your darkest point? Because there's so much shame, embarrassment. I can't Mm. believe I've fought for so many things. I've, I've, I've moved to this country. I don't know what the sequence was, but, um, you know, how is this the thing that's getting me down to this despair point? You know, um, what was that like for you? That was quite challenging, you see, because amongst all my friends, I am the strongest. (laughs) And when people have troubles, they come to me to talk. And when I moved to this country, I never called my parents telling them, oh, you know what, it's hard, I can't find a job. Well, I found quite quickly, but still even those couple of days when I was searching for it was quite challenging. Or I don't speak language and I can't communicate, I can't go to doctors, I can't communicate at school. So I couldn't really call somebody to say, look, I need help, because it was the embarrassment. Yes, how could I, (laughs) the strongest, you know, the most successful by now, ask for help? It was there really really big time but two people well they surely don't know about that but two people actually saved my life and um those were louisa hay well she's dead now but louisa hay she was one of them i listened to her day and night i remember washing dishes and listening repeating her affirmations i accept myself i love myself and life will get better repeating to myself again and again and again and between those videos, there was always um, some many others, of course, as you know, on YouTube it happens. But then I came across Tony Robbins, and for me that was a game changer, a complete game changer. Because when I listened to him, well, bearing in mind I couldn't speak that fast back then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's really fast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I struggled to understand him. But he, without knowing that, but he really, really got me out of that because I remember the video what he was speaking about. That's the story, that's the mindset, that what you have in your head, change it. And I was like, wow, really? So simple in a way, right? Exactly, exactly. And now when I work on the same strategy with my clients and some of them overcome, oh my God, honestly, sometimes I think my life was perfect, absolutely perfect compared to some of my clients. And when I work with them on the same strategy, just let's have a look at your story. Let's see what we can learn from that and let's change it. It's so powerful. People change so, so much. And for me, that was lesson number one to learn. Guess what? That would happen to me. But I am the boss of my head. I am the boss of my thinking. And it's up to me how I'm going to react on that. It's up to me what I'm going to think and what I'm going to put here. That was a game changer, a proper game changer. So I love this as well, because often when we think about asking for help, we think about physical people, um, whether it's therapy, whether it's a friend, whether it's, you know, um, and you're highlighting, you know, that some of us are really feel stuck or don't have the right people in our lives. And you had particular circumstances of not wanting to worry parents and not wanting being, I I definitely relate to being the strong one. So Mm -hmm. if you're the one who always takes it, you know, um, it's hard for for, for, you know, you to be the one with the problem, but that can be our mindset as well, though. 
Yeah. That can be our mindset going, oh, nobody's going to want to hear from me because I like the image of always being strong, right? Um, but actually showing, showing some of our vulnerability can be powerful for other people as well. But I want to highlight that in this internet age, we have the power to find the things that can fix us or that can teach us how to reframe how we look at our lives. So that's just really powerful that that's, that's what showed up for you. Um, and mm-hmm. so what other top level sort of adversities would you think that you've, you've faced in your life? And I know you moved to, to this country and uh, went through, through the chat. And I've, I've, I, we actually had a story a few, a few uh, weeks ago, I think, um, where there was a similar, like only a hundred pounds in my pocket or less. I mean, I admire that so much, you know, just facing that fear and just like failure is not an option. Mm-mm. You've just got to hustle and, and figure it out. I mean, what, do, what, what comes up for you when you think of other may, maybe major adversities that you've faced? Well, another one was actually not in my private life, it was in my business. When I started my business, well, why I started that? Because I had no proper English and I had no money to invest into starting something bigger. And uh, I just couldn't find a proper job as well because obviously my child was too little to go to nursery. And as you know, if you don't get really well-paid job, what you pay for nursery is the same what you earn. So that yeah. was not an option. So I had to start the business. <laughs> not a thing what you should do, but I had to start the business. <laughs> and I simply started cleaning services business where I was connecting landlords with those people who was like me, couldn't speak English. And I was the middle person. And I had no business background. I had no business knowledge. I had nobody to help me with that because, well, well, there was nobody from my family or friends with business background back then. Now I have plenty of people around me. Really? And I wish I could have them back then, but not then. Yeah. <laughs> but I really came to this country. And uh, I remember after running that for, I think, around about one year and a half, I realized that I am, that was awful, uh, minus 20,000 out of my personal money. Whoa. Because clients did not pay me on time. <sighs> so the business went thriving because I really put all myself into that. I was always polite, always on time, always, you know, doing extra mile for clients and always trying my best to coach girls how they should perform better and making sure clients happy, all the rest of it. But I was never good chasing for money because how do, how do you ask for money? I know it's your money. I know you paid the wage for girls. I know you paid for all the rest of things within business. But how do you ask for your own money from a client? Do you know how? So one night I found myself crying because I couldn't pay my people. Mm. I couldn't. I had to call my friend and I did manage to borrow money that night to pay my people. But next morning I became another kind of bitchy person. <laughs> Ruthless. Oh, yeah. yeah. And says, listen, if you don't pay me, okay, maybe not in that manner. <laughs> but saying, long story short, listen, if you don't pay me money today, we don't come tomorrow. We don't come after tomorrow. In fact, we'll never come to you because we need money now. And explain to them, look, this is my money. Mm. This is my money. I can't pay my people. Do you really want to work with the business, which will fail because you haven't paid? So I managed to recover lots of money, but it didn't take me one hour. It took me weeks and weeks and weeks to recover that money. Yeah. And that taught me a massive lesson later when I was because of my ex in minus 40,000. <laughs> That was huge, exactly. Yeah. So as my business was minus, minus 20,000 and I learned how to chase for money, then I got with my ex, so I actually wasn't working as you remember, I was using me financially, and I got into minus 40. But guess what? 
I couldn't ask for money from him. I couldn't because he just dashed off back to London and I was just left alone. So for me, it was that learning, okay, how can I survive? And yes, I repeated my lessons. Back then the lesson was chase for money your clients. Right now, what should I do? So I learned how to deal with creditors. I learned how to reduce the rate. I learned how to freeze accounts and all the rest of things. But for me, it was, oh my God, I can't believe it. I was in minus 20 before. I recovered, <laughs> it dropped even lower to minus 40, where in the personal life. So, so but, was- but like underneath the skill of asking for money, what do you think that belief was underneath when it, when it came to the, the issue of money? Was it confidence? Was it belief in yourself? Like, what was it? The belief was, and I discovered it later that I don't deserve it. That was the belief. I was making lots of money. And if you would look at my books, it was like, Really? Yeah. I have a very profitable business, but it wasn't in my hands. And the belief was, I just don't deserve it. If I have too many, as you know, people will not like you. And it's hard out there. So if you have too much money, people will be jealous of you. People will not be friends with you and all the rest of things. So and powerful. Yes, exactly. It was so deep in my mindset that once I started working with that, questioning myself, why? Why I was in minus 20 before, recovered, then in minus 40 again, that's something wrong with me. And I also realized that I wasn't valuing money that much. I wasn't. Because for me, it was, yes, it's coming. Yes, I can spend it. All these, you know, flashy things. And of course, you go shopping, spend money, overspend. So I didn't value money. I didn't learn how to invest money. I didn't know how to actually be really wise with money, how to treasure that. And now I'm a stingy person who will never spend, but right now I have money which I'm saving, money which I'm investing, and I also have multiple income streams because you can't rely on just one income stream. Lesson learned. Totally. <laughs> because if that lets you down, you're in a real problem. That's just so, like, I need to hear that as well, just because uh, in running my own business, it's thinking, I'm, I'm in that stage where I'm, I'm making income, which is great, um, but then it's thinking, you know, even spreadsheets kind of just freak me out a little bit. Um, and, it, you know, the advice is know where your money is, don't put your head in the sand, uh, be aware, um, uh, plan, plan for the future, believe it, all that stuff. But it does bring up this deep, 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 deep stuff. Like as soon as you get your money, you can spend it, but then you can tell yourself that my belief in money is great because I'm earning it, you know? Yeah. But if you're not smart with it, it's not really building your business. And this is why businesses fail, right? In, in the first three years or whatever it might be, because yeah. we don't sort of um, plan ahead. Such, such a valuable lesson for, for women. Um, so of all these lessons, and there's been like a whole theme, you know, that's kind of repeated in different ways, hasn't it? It's repeated in different ways. What's the belief that you hold about yourself now? Right now, it's a quite empowering one. And it's not that belief. It's more, <laughs> it's really weird, but I very often talk to myself from the other person. I always ask myself, so who I want to be? And for many, many years for me, it was, I want to be that motivational speaker. And I would always ask myself, so what would motivational speaker Olga think about it? What would motivational speaker Olga tell you about that? For example, let's say I didn't want to read something or I didn't want to make that phone call or I didn't want to, you know, just follow up on an email. It was always here. What would that motivational speaker Olga tell you about Mm. that? (laughs) And you know what? That was just pushing me so much because... 
I thought, no, she wouldn't be happy. No, that's not what she would do. She would just get on with things. She would just do it because she would know that needs to be done. So my belief became now that, you know what, whatever is here, that can be out there. You just really, really need to think what's here. And if you don't see something around your life, around you in your life, that means it's just not here. So the question is, what's in here? Let's say you want money, but there is no money. So what is here about money? Yeah. Do you think all the time I have no money? So what the surprise I don't have any? <laughs> yeah. Hello? <laughs> yeah. I want to have a happy relationship. So if in your head is, oh, I don't deserve a good relationship, all men are idiots, all women are bastards, bitches, and what else? Hello? Why are you still single? What's your belief here? Because if here is wrong, you're not going to have it out there in front of you. Simple as that. So I'm really became careful to what I let into my head. That's why I don't watch any news. I don't read news. I don't listen to people who gossip because to me it's like, no, thank you. Don't need that. I love wow. that. Yeah. No, I do. I do the same thing. So, so think about the, uh, input that's coming into your brain because not thinking about it is making a decision because there's so much noise in the world these days that if we don't consciously decide on what we say no to as well as what we say yes to and also bearing in mind a lifetime of conditioning and triggers around what what you're you're, I just have your mom's voice in my head going it's impossible it's impossible it's impossible right (laughs) and so those are our natural that we think there are voices adults the the impossible the the ones that tried to protect us even if they were loving voices that try right sometimes it's the most loving ones that put fear fences around you to try and stop Mm -hmm. you from from doing things Um, yeah and so what I'm hearing you say is like consciously decide and build up that positive voice in your in in your brain that you want to be so 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 creating that belief system to almost drown out the Mm. one that's like it's impossible it's impossible but but you have a choice to to fill up your mind in some way amazing um and so what final piece of advice would you give to somebody who perhaps I'm going to go back to that relationship thing, uh, mm-hmm. because we don't talk about it enough. Uh, you know, that whole oh. sort of punch in the gut and how it really can play a part in how we trust people, which yeah. is, and that can affect our business relationships as well as our uh, romantic relationships, as well as our relationships with our children, like mm-hmm. everywhere it can filter into having kind of a bitter victimy attitude. So if somebody is just in that situation, where they found out that a partner has been cheating or they've had a shock and they don't think they can move through as far as trusting in a relationship, what advice would you give to them? Mm. I would definitely take them from the situation we're right now and I would ask them, what would you do if you just got redundant at your job? What would you do if you just got fired? Would you go and find another job? Would you sit down and reflect on it and would you think maybe it's beneficial, maybe it's time for me to start a new business, maybe it's time for me to learn something new so I can apply to my new job. You would always do something about that situation, right? You wouldn't just sit down and cry, oh, I was redundant, what shall I do now? You would act on it. So why do we don't act in our relationships? Because it's easier to hide, though. It's easier, like like with a job, we need to pay our bills, we need to eat, right? So it kind of Mm -hmm. forces us out of our comfort zone, whether we like it or not. Whereas the relationship thing, I recently met a therapist who made like the, a rock star of a woman in every aspect and the, her speaking was amazing. Uh, and I asked her what her biggest challenge was and she said uh, relationships. 
um, because I just don't go there at all. Like dating, I just don't, I know. Um, but, but I think it's because you can hide from it if Mm -hmm. you want to, but I love how you're, you're switching it because you're saying it it means that you are capable of doing those things. It can just feel a little bit emotionally scary. Is that it? Absolutely. It is emotionally scary, especially if uh, a woman is not working because she's raising children. How are I going to survive? When are I going to go? Where are I going to live? And all the rest of things. And I always say, listen, if you just get out yourself out of the situation and look at that with somebody else's eyes, your neighbor, your friend, your mom, somebody else, not yourself, look at what you can do right now. And it doesn't have to be changing the world altogether and remarry somebody within tomorrow, but it what can you do right now? Can your mom help you with children? Can you go get, I know, job seeker allowance? Can you go and start something from scratch, a little business which will support you right now so you can start earning some money, sell some things so you can support yourself financially? But do at least something to do with this situation. Never just get under blanket, sit and cry. What shall I do? Shall I keep him in my life? Mm-hmm. Because the worst is, <laughs> as you know, yeah. if you tell yes to once cheating, yes. give permission. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so don't think it's not going to happen again because if they already tried, why they will not do it again? Hello. hundred <laughs> percent. But I want to highlight um, for the listeners, Esther Perel is an amazing relationship coach and she's yeah. got a podcast uh, where she has does relationship therapy. And she says that um, infidelity is often a symptom of a much bigger thing. So, so, so anyway, so if people are going, should I keep him? Should I not keep him? Listen to Esther Perel's podcast as well, just to get the relationship balance. Um, I'm so excited by this. Like I can imagine, I can imagine being your client and anyone working with you would just be like, Whoa, I see everything differently. Like everything's possible. (laughs) So that would be like an investment worth spending on. Uh, if people want to, to find you or connect with you, where can they find you? What's your website or details? The website is New Life Kickstart, as in New Life. I kickstart you have to kickstart your life. Yeah. <laughs> yes, dot com. And they can just email me or they can also phone me. Of course, if I'm with clients, nobody will respond because yes. I'm busy with clients. Yes, but the best way always to email me and uh, to describe a little bit your situation. So when I call you back, and I will definitely, I already am aware of what's happening. And usually I just read between the lines so before I call you I know you <laughs> and it's really interesting how we actually start speaking with new clients and um, for some reason people still have this stigma about oh but how can I go out to this stranger and speak what happened to me because mm. I don't want to share with my friends how can I share with you and I always say well when you speak to your friends, there's judgment. There's a lot of, oh, I know you, I know him or her, so I can put things together. I know nobody. And truly and honestly, I couldn't care about the other person. You come to me as, a, as my client, and I work on your life. What happens to the other person, I couldn't care less. Honestly, because that's not that person. And if the person hurts you, that means he or she needs to learn something in their life and improve themselves. But for you, we need to work with your life because you don't deserve it. And it's something what you should implement in your life going forward to change your future. Because the worst is... 
<laughs> before saying this, I would definitely suggest clients don't delay. <laughs> don't delay. Yeah, yeah. The worst is when clients are coming to me and they're already in their mid 50s or mid 60s, couldn't build their relationships for years and years, failed in 8, 10, 12 relationships, failed in so many jobs and businesses without realizing what was holding them, what belief they had. Never dealt with that, never believed they had an issue. Everybody has an issue and thought they were perfect. And then years later, when frankly now, they don't have that energy, they don't have that metabolism, they don't have that body anymore to be as active as they could be when they were younger. So don't delay. That would be number one. Don't delay. If you feel you might need some help, get it. Just get it. Just yeah. go online, get it, speak to somebody. And you don't have to stick with someone for a year or so to change your life. Even one, two sessions will help you to change your mindset. That would be the great start. I love this so much. So show up, don't delay. Because uh, yeah. that's that's terrifying to think of being 60 years old and, and not having put things in place to live your best life, yeah. but also to create your impact in the world, to, to live your best self and to yeah. live your potential terrifying so uh, uh we'll add all those details into the show notes thank you so much for your your vulnerability and and showing up as your authentic you we appreciate you so much thank you olga thank you it was such a pleasure to be here and i really wish everybody will actually listen to this and think to themselves hey i must be in charge of my own life make it <laughs> so happen really inspirational that's Absolutely. good thank you thank you Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. Uh, and please do get in touch through petrabelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.